right. Ross B. Williams here, and we are excited to have our guest on the show, Hugh Jones. He is amazing at finding apartment complex deals and uh, helping students as well find deals and uh, invest in apartment real estate. So, Hugh Jones, I just want to welcome you to the show today. Welcome. Man, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you could, take take a second. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, well, I buy apartment buildings in emerging markets where I can give my investors a much greater return that they can get with traditional investment vehicles, um, better than stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs, things like that. We do that by giving them the majority of the cash flow and the equity on resale, so we want them to have a lot of incentive to work with us. Um, and I, in addition to that, I actually teach people how to buy apartment buildings. So I'm actually a real estate coach. I teach people how to buy apartment buildings so they can ultimately achieve financial freedom. And my goal with everybody within the program is, depending on where their levels they're at, is I'd like for them to exit their rat race, exit their job by the end of our 12 months together. Awesome. So basically, by the end of 12 months, you want them to have their own complex and have the cash flow they need to leave their job. Yeah, multiple complexes, 100%. That's awesome. So what is it about apartment complexes that make them such a great investment? Cash flow, right? So... Um, it, it, here's the thing, right? When you're, you look at investing and it's like you have people who, who buy these houses or try to flip houses or they do certain other things and they think they're investing or they buy a stock. There you go, a great example. They buy a stock, the stock doesn't produce anything and they're hoping that the stock price goes up, right? It's hopefully somebody pays me more than what I bought it for. And when the market goes down, it's, you know, it's, like the sky is falling, right? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just praying, hoping to God that it goes back up. Now, the difference with multifamily real estate specifically is that it produces cash flow. Um, and when a property is cash flowing, it doesn't really matter what the market does, whether it goes up or goes down, the property still produces income for you, which is awesome. That's one of the things that Warren Buffett really, I guess, uh, follows in the footsteps of Ben Graham on, is that he buys businesses that, that produce certain things. Right. Because as long as you have a good business that is producing something, if the stock market goes up and stock market goes down, as the stock market goes down, it provides more buying opportunities. Um, and so really with multifamily real estate, cash flow is king. Awesome. So basically, whether the market goes up or down, you're still making a cash flow on a month to month basis um, for revenue. hundred percent. That's awesome. Um, so that kind of takes a little bit of the worry. You don't have to worry about the ups and downs and roller coasters of the market. You just know that you have an investment that's going to keep bringing in money every month. Exactly. Right. And, and that's why you do all your budgeting and forecasts and underwriting ahead of time so you can prepare for the best of times as well as the worst of times. You gotta, you've always got to stress test your deals. Awesome. So how did you get into buying apartment complexes? All right. So I used to work for this company called Maxim Healthcare Services. Great company. Amazing. Got nothing to good things to say about them, right? Uh, I worked for them as a medical recruiter, straight out of college, uh, from Kentucky originally, lived in Melbourne, went moved over to Tampa, and um, it sucked working for somebody else, right? Like I literally, I made um, $31,200 a week plus commission, right? And I was on call. So A week? You mean... Uh, a year, thirty-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty-one to a year. <laughs> like, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, literally, like, what is that? Six hundred bucks a week, right? And um, and then we got paid this little bit of commission on top of that. But I was also on call, so I was in the office by eight thirty, right? I didn't leave there till nine. I'm sorry, till six thirty, seven o'clock. I would be on call because these hospitals would need nurses, and they'd call you at all hours of the night, and you'd have to wake up in staff. You're literally working 
what feels like 100 hours a week, you're probably putting in 70, 80 hours a week, um, but you're getting paid pennies to do it. And it just sucked. And I remember just living for the weekend. And I remember sitting in my little studio apartment um, in, in Tampa, in this little city called Brandon, which is right outside Tampa, if mm-hmm. you don't know where it's at. Yeah. Um, just thinking like, how do people succeed in life? Like there's gotta be more than this crappy job that I'm in. Cause it, it's miserable. Cause you're literally just working for the freaking weekend, man. Right. And like um, hamster wheel every day. Yeah, and I got fired from that job. <laughs> um, and that sucked because I went couch to couch for a little bit. Um, and funny story, I was actually dancing professionally, hip hop, uh, when I worked for Maxim. And I had gigs in Orlando, so I was always coming to Orlando. And I met, th- I met this, this guy named Chris, awesome dude. And he told me, he said, hey, <clears throat> he go- I-, I told him, I said, hey, man, I just got fired from my job. I'd really like to move to Orlando. But man, I got to find a job first. He was like, well, man, you could live with me. And I was like, okay. And he was like, what do you, I go, you have like a two bedroom? He was like, yeah, I've got a two bedroom. You can move in. It'd be awesome. He was like, I won't even charge you until you get up on your feet. And I go, are you serious? He was like, yeah. I go, that's awesome. So Monday comes around and this was like on a, over Saturday night, he'd been drinking. So I, I texted him the next day and, and, and called him and I was like, hey man, were you serious about that? And he was like, uh, yeah, but it's not really a two bedroom. It's more of a computer room. I go, a computer room? He's like, yeah, it's for where you would put a computer. So it's not really a, it's a little bit bigger than a closet, but it's, it's a computer room. And I go, can I lay down in it? And he goes, yeah. I go, I'll take it. Right. (laughs) Right. And so I moved to Orlando and I'm getting this job with a company called Universal Staffing Group. Awesome company. Uh, The guy who owned it, the guy named Gary, um, who I ended up doing future business with. Awesome dude. Um, He had sold his house and he made... um, he made $120,000 in one transaction. I had worked at Maxim Healthcare Services and most I made is about 40 grand a year. So in one transaction, he made three times a year than what I made at Maxim. So at that point, I was like, and I had been looking for a new way the entire time and right. I was like, boom, there's my way. And so I became obsessed with it. And so I studied everything that you could possibly think of. Uh, wholesaling, flipping houses. I was I was really interested in multifamily. I, I followed Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I don't know if you ever heard of the guy. I'm yeah, pretty sure, sure everybody's heard of the guy, yeah, right? Um, and he was always preach cash flow, always preach cash flow. And he was talking about how the real estate market was going to fall and that you shouldn't be buying single family houses, that you should be only buying for cash flow. And this was back in the early 2000s. And um, he was talking about invest in oil, invest in silver, all that stuff. Well, everything he was saying, as the months progressed, it was absolutely right. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this dude is saying invest in cash flow. I always wanted to buy apartment buildings. I just didn't know how to go about doing it. And so um, throughout my studying, I decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wholesale houses in order for me to get enough money to, uh, for the down payment for like a duplex or a quad or something like that. Right. And uh, so I learned how to wholesale right? Took all these classes, um, immediately starting out, sending out these ugly old postcards to people who were in uh, foreclosure or pre-foreclosure. Um, and six months, I mean, consistently, I had these magnet signs on my truck. I buy houses. I used to have these um, uh, bandit signs that I would stick in intersections of like mm-hmm. 436. Those little yard signs. Yeah, everywhere. And then, you know, you'd come back. You, you can only stick them out on the weekend because they'd get 
taken up during the week. Yeah, every Monday morning you go back, they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> and and so the I was city employees come in, remove them. Right, and so I was spending money on that on bandit signs, doing direct mail. Uh, six months, nothing, dude. I didn't get one like viable lead. Right, I got a lot of phone calls. But nothing that met like 65% loan to value so you could wholesale to an investor. Okay. Right. Finally, a deal came my way. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. Right. Because six months went by nothing. And I'm trying to wholesale a contract for five grand. Like how many contracts do I have to wholesale to get enough for a down payment? Right. Right. Um, so you decided basically to use this wholesale house as a method to get into multifamily. That was your goal. Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. And it was, and long story short, I ended up, and I was telling you before we even started this, when I started, I decided I was going to rehab that property. And uh, it was my first, my first and only rehab, rehab job. And as I was telling you, my handyman that I'd hired to do it, I bought these brand new cabinets, he installed them upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and so I knew I was in trouble. I ended up losing $66,000 on that deal. Wow. And um, one day I, I saw an email that came through and it was, you know, you can use other people's money to buy apartment buildings. And I was like, what is that? And it was a 30-day course that I, that I bought, read it, and it kind of started filling in the gaps. Now, of course, any of those courses that you buy, they don't give you everything. It's always like you get more and more and more. Right. But I had been studying like I mean, nonstop since 2004. At this point, um, it was 2007. And so three years, and I had done nothing but studying real estate, nothing but studying multifamily, trying to figure out what to do, how to do this. Um, and I just couldn't do it. And that little study course, even though there was a lot to be learned from it, filled in some of the gaps. I, didn't, I never realized that if you can give somebody a solid return on their money, they will give you money to invest. And not only that, banks will allow it, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is pretty awesome. And so that filled in a lot of gaps for me. And once I learned that, I immediately, I, I mean, as soon as I saw the lights in the tunnel, I immediately went full all in on multifamily. And I used the same uh, old school marketing techniques that wholesalers use, and I applied it to multifamily. And literally within 30 days, I got a property under contract and within another 90 days from start to finish in 2008, I had closed on that apartment building with traditional bank financing in 2008, which if we recall in 2008 was the mortgage meltdown, nobody was lending, right. yet somebody who lived in, in a, an apartment, in, in a, a computer room of an apartment who had no other previous real estate, uh, real estate experience other than losing money, right. bought an apartment building and, and I raised the capital for it. And so at that point, it's an amazing feeling once you know you can do it once because you can. there's nothing that can stop you to do it again and do it again. Because after that, it's just rinse and repeat until you don't want to do it anymore. Right. So you basically, you had just enough income really to put food on your table and whatnot. You were sleeping for free at your buddy's house in a closet. And you went out and found investors and found a property and found a deal and made it happen with basically nothing, nothing. Right. No, I, and my credit at the time was probably around 660, 680. I had about... 2,000 bucks to my name. The reason I know that for sure is because that used to be my baseline. When I say baseline, like, I don't know if anybody ever did this or if I'm the only person. I haven't talked to anybody about it, but I thought if I had $2,000 in my account, I was good, right? So I was like, all right, 2,000 is now my zero, right? And so I, that's how much, I, I probably had a few thousand dollars in my account. Um, I didn't own any previous real estate. 
um, had about 660, 680 credit. And, um, and it's a funny story how I got the loan. Here's the thing, man, people don't understand this, is that when you go for a multifamily loan, it's not like getting a single family house loan. When you go after a house, they're gonna look at your income and they're gonna, do you qualify for the house based on your income that you make? Right, okay. and they got the loan to debt ratio and all those other things. Exactly. Right. When you buy an apartment building, not every single lender on a community basis, community bank basis, is the same. They all have different boards, they have to, uh, different people to answer to. Right. And not only that, but in multifamily, the deal itself is vitally important. If the deal sucks, nobody's gonna fund you unless you're putting down gobs and gobs of down payment money, right? Nobody's gonna fund you. So if you have a good deal, they may look at you more, or they may look at the deal more than they look at you. Now, gotcha. if they don't, or you're going after a non-recourse loan, if, any, if that's in case anything happens, if the property fails, no fault of you, the, the bank can take back the property. That's typically through Fannie or Freddie. Um, you've got to meet certain criteria to hit those qualifications. Um, but what they will allow you to do is they will allow you to have what's called a sponsor. A sponsor is somebody like myself, uh, or anybody who has the net worth, who has the experience, the liquidity uh, that can qualify for a loan. And that's what sponsorship is. So it really doesn't matter if your credit's shot all to hell. Um, you can still get sponsorships. Or if you don't even have as much money as I did, you can still raise the capital to buy apartment buildings. So there's really no excuses for people, in my opinion. Right. So whether they have bad credit, whether they don't have money, or maybe they have money and they don't want to use their own money they can buy apartment complexes just based off of the deal. The bank will, will basically look at it and see if it's going to create a cash flow and an income and support itself. And from that, and if they require a sponsor, they would basically give you the loan at that point. 100%. As a matter of fact, I got a student right now named Daniel. He's got a deal that's down in New Mexico. It's just a small little 12 unit deal, but he's went to multiple banks shopping this deal and he got turned down on a couple banks and now he's got a bank that's interested in funding the deal for the for the you know the 80 mm percent -hmm. and now he's got to pick up the 20 percent so if you shop that around you may stand a chance of finding a bank that's willing to 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 be more aggressive with their lending right and then daniel just gets investors to put up the 20 percent, so he comes zero money out of pocket and we hire the best property management companies to actually manage our deals for us and then what we do is we manage the manager so you can literally live anywhere in the world and you can manage your property from afar because if you have certain systems in place that can hold that manager accountable, then it becomes extremely easy. Right. So as we're moving into that, that segment, so okay, they've bought the apartment complex, they got the funding from the bank, they got investors to put this money, they've now with no money out of pocket have bought this apartment complex. How do they renovate it, manage it, fill it? keep it rented and all that kind of stuff. Well, so how they renovate it and how they manage it is going to be a little bit separate, but at okay. the same. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make this really simple. So if you are renovating a property or it actually doesn't matter what it is, whether it is an affordable housing project or whether it's a student housing or whether it's an A class asset or a, a D class asset, whatever you're going after, whatever you're buying, the property management company that that you're working with needs to have experience doing that. So you just mentioned renovating, right? Mm -hmm. Value add. That's ultimately what you're looking at right there. So you need to have a property management company that has done at least, depending on the size of the property, at least three to five value add properties. So they know what to expect. Because a lot of times when you have like a, a value add deal where you're going in there, or you're renovating, 
If you don't effectively communicate to your current residents, they might get up and leave because they think the rents are gonna go through the roof, right? And now you have this empty asset that's not producing anything. And right. by the way, that I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of ever, um, but I'm sure that vacancy has been affected by poor management, right? So it's important that we know that. Um, so basically selecting a management company that's also familiar with how to manage renovations per se. Absolutely, or whatever you're going after. So if you're going after affordable housing, they need to have experience with HUD, right? They need to have experience with HAP contracts, or they need to have a, a, an experience with... with um, and there's different management companies that specialize in hundred percent, right? They're not all created equal at all. Great. So basically, they've now they got investors. They went to the bank. They found this deal. They bought literally an apartment complex with with no money out of their own pocket. They've now got a management company that's managing it and running it for them, so they're not having to do that front work. Um, and they have cash flow. Yeah, and they're going to take what's called an acquisition fee. Okay. So. For those who don't know what an acquisition fee is, the, the acquisition fee or syndication fee, it means the exact same thing, okay? I actually called it an expense reimbursement when I first started. But ultimately, what an acquisition fee is, it's a fee anywhere from 1% to 5% of the purchase price that you, who's putting the deal together, will receive at closing for literally putting the deal together. You're the one that found the deal, you negotiated the deal, you, you built the team, you went out and found the investors, you, you, got, you brought them to the table, you found the finance. I mean, you've done a lot of work to get this deal to the table. And for that, you'll take a fee anywhere from one to 5%. Now, every acquisition fee I've ever received, my standard dial-in is 3%. Okay. So if you bought a $3 million building, a 3% acquisition fee at closing is gonna be $90,000 cash plus cash flow, plus equity when you sell that property down the road, if you ever decide to sell, all using somebody else's money. That's awesome. So basically there's three, they actually make money on the purchase of the property. 100%, right? So all the, the people like with you are living in the closet, sleeping <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. So when you close your first deal, you got an acquisition fee, which helps you to basically, I mean, that's, that's an annual salary or two year salary for a lot of people. Uh, maybe even three years salary. Um, so that literally one deal allows people to quit their job and move forward in life. 100%. That's what ex you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the same thing. If you got a $90,000 acquisition fee, could maybe you step away from your job to find your next deal? I think you probably could. Then Plus the cash flow from the, from the deal that you previously had. Right. And then you have experience and you have a track record and that makes it so much easier. See, that's the other thing that people don't understand. Sorry if I, I didn't mean to cut you off here. But once you close your first deal... The next deal comes right after that so much faster. And here's the reason why is because how do brokers get, how does a real estate broker get paid? Commissions. Commission only, right? So if you don't close, they don't get paid. So when you close on your first deal, you are now in a small group of people. You are now a proven commodity. Mm -hmm. Your deal flow starts going through the roof. And then your second deal typically comes a lot quicker than your first deal. So the realtor gets paid, the broker gets paid, the bank gets paid. And everyone wants to do business with you again. Yeah, and you get paid. And you get paid. So tell me a, bit, a little bit. I know we talked about the acquisition fee, and then you mentioned a couple other ways that you get paid with apartment complexes. Let's talk about the three ways apartment complexes pay you. Sure. You got the acquisition fee, you got cash flow, and then you have the equity on the resale. So typically, what's your what's the cash flow like per unit? Or I know it's different in every market versus the the. Um, equity when you sell the property and, and how long does that usually take from start to finish? 
So how about we just do a, a general rule? Because like you said, every market's going to be a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you might have, you know, your cost per unit in Orlando might run you a buck fifty or more, right? In Louisville, Kentucky, it might run you $60,000 store. But the rents in Orlando are a hell of a lot more than the rents in Louisville, Kentucky. So right. why don't we use this analogy instead? So for every dollar that you increase the income of the property, because see, the value of a property is based on the income it produces. So the faster you push up the income, the faster you push up the value. As a matter of fact, for every dollar you increase the income, you increase the resale value by 10 times that amount at a bare bones, absolute scraping the bottom of the barrel minimum, right? So that's why when you're looking at a deal, one of the things you look for are, hey, how do I increase the income? How do I add value? How do I look for, you know, you're looking for value add deals. So you're looking for ways that I can increase the income. Primarily, you can look at that through rents. Right? You can also look for what's called a utility reimbursement rubs. You can look for that in what's called low-hanging fruit, so application fees, um, uh, uh, different type of fees that you, you'd ask, uh, administration fees, uh, trash fees, things like that that you can ask, low-hanging fruit that you can get immediately. Um, things like vacancy, right? If you have a market where the vacancy, their occupancy is at 95% and you have a property that's at 90%, you've got a value play there. So we're always looking for ways to increase our income, and there's more than just looking at the rent. So you may have a deal that may not have great cash-on-cash returns at the start, but when you implement the value plays, especially if you have multiple, you can explode your cash flow and, more importantly, 10x that on the back end with your equity. So ten, basically, you're trying to streamline your expenses, make the units maybe nicer, increase the rents because of that, all these different plays you can make. But for every dollar you're able to raise the rent or increase your profit, you're going to make $10 on the back end? 100%. So Minimally. if you raise, let's say you raised everyone's rent in the unit 100 bucks, and there's 100 units, um, I'm doing the math real quick, that's $10,000. $10, that's $120 a year. That's $1.2 million a year. So that's $1.2 million on the back end. Yep, in equity that you just created in one year. By raising rent a hundred bucks. Yep. And guess what rent does every single year? Goes up. Yep. When's the last time you have ever heard of somebody's rents decreasing? And what's going on with the economy right now? What's what's really running rapid, not to get political here, but what's really running rapid in America? Well, inflation. Inflation. And so what is inflation cost? What what does that what does that mean? Cost of goods and services go up. Right. So guess what? The reason your rents are going up is because the good cost of goods and services to service your par- apartment building are also going up. And you, the consumer, is taking in the tail in order for somebody else to make money. So how do you solve that? You just become, you just become the owner. You be the one that, that makes the money. Right. So that's pretty amazing. You literally can raise, by raising the rent 100 bucks a unit, you can spend $1.2 on the back end when you sell it in a few years. Yeah, and that's at a 10 cap, if you guys know what 10 cap. If, it, if the properties are trading at a 5 cap, you're looking at, what do we say, 1.2, 2.4 million. So that's why we say like in multifamily real estate, you're literally one deal away from retirement. That's awesome. So when they come in, A, they don't need their own money. They don't need their own credit. And they can come in, buy a unit. They get paid up front with an exhibition fee. They get paid month to month on cash flow. And on the back end, they make a retirement plan when they sell. 100%, yes. So it sounds like a win-win-win. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it... Absolutely does. And that's what attracted me to real estate because cash flow is king. So it doesn't matter what the market does. You can always hold on. We know rents continuously go up. And that's why you've seen property values literally. I mean, 
if you guys haven't seen, have noticed over the last 20 years, property values have continued to go up and inflation in place, they're going to go up even more. So now's the perfect time to get in. Awesome. I love it. Um, if you have uh, one last piece of advice you can give to someone who wants to get into buying apartment buildings, what would it be? Mindset, right? You've got to look at it as a long-term play. It's definitely not get rich quick. It is get rich for sure, but it's not get rich quick. And it takes consistent effort week in, week out. And if you can stay consistent with it, if you're willing to do what most people aren't willing to do, then you'll eventually get to the point where you can do whatever most people can't do. Right. That's amazing. So... Um, can you tell people uh, where they can find you online? Yeah, so if anybody's interested in learning more about how to buy apartment buildings, you can just check out. I put a great training that's literally going to teach you how to get started in buying apartment buildings, even if you're brand new. Just visit the website, youcanbuyapartments.com. Literally that simple, www.youcanbuyapartments.com. Awesome. Youcanbuyapartments.com. <laughs> so I love it. I thank you so much for taking the time out of day and sharing this amazing knowledge with our audience. I really appreciate it, Hugh. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome.